of the major things that we are talking about, basically we are now discussing about chronic stage. Look, but we have a lot of stages or spectrum which can even be addressed by these dialysis. Mm -hmm. So that of necessity, what we are here is even the last stage that we should be talking about when it comes to dialysis. You need dialysis for a lot of acute cases that people come, which you can actually do something so that people don't progress. Mm -hmm. And it's important that our attention will go there so that the people truly who are supposed to have end-stage chronic renal failure, then we can manage them. Because if we don't close that, and all these numbers, one, are not picked in early, two, are not managed very well, and three, are not even taught how to diagnose this, even from the lower basis to be referred to where we have these nephrologists, then we have a lot of issue on our hand. Mm. So this is the context. Eastern region is having dialysis, but when you go to the regional hospital, when you go, it's mainly used for acute kidney injury. You have who? the former uh, regional hospital, which is now the teaching hospital, mm -hmm. they also have dialysis. You go to Tamale Teaching Hospital, they have a Fiaquanta in Western Region is having. Uh, so, and then you have Upper West, they are also having two. Mm -hmm. So these are the distribution in terms if of If I dialysis. may, I mean, you've, you've shared a lot of important statistics, which means that the Ghana Health Service knows the size of the problem. I'm interested in the solutions you have implemented, right? Because you, you seem to even know how it should be addressed, that you should tackle the acute cases. Once you've dealt with them, then all you have to do is focus on the chronic cases like our guests in the studio. Now, my, my question is, this, if, you know, if you know the size of the problem, what have you done to fix it? You know how many people are coming from hypertension, how many people are coming from diabetes. What have you done? Okay. So, if, and this is a major policy issue. If you look at the national health policy, one of the key things that is there in the policy is workplace infirmaries. And by means of workplace infirmaries, all places that you have people working, even marketplace is part of them, school infirmaries. If you come to Bunei, we have what we call wellness clinic. And the wellness clinic is a clinic that anybody can walk in and have your BP checked and have your sugar checked. That is one major thing the service is doing. And that you don't have to be sick to go to the hospital. And then we have other pharmacies that are also checking. In Bunuis, we have what we call the Wellness Day. Every last Friday of every month, we have made so noise about it that look, if you have not checked your BP, then on your birthday, kindly check. So we have what we call the wellness clinic. If you go to any Ghana Health Service facility, you can go in and ask about the wellness clinic. But in spite of that, the numbers are rising. So it's not working. Is there, it? there are two issues that you can look. You know, we, there's always darkness before light. And the moment you begin to look, the moment you begin to look, look, all these cases that we are talking about, like it never existed. They have been there yeah. until a torchlight was shown on. So unless until but you begin, you knew and Ghana Health Service was aware. Obviously. Yeah. And this is what we are doing. So we are we want to pick as early as possible. And the best solution in the States, they I even wanted to add a quote and I'll come back to what Ghana Health Service is doing. He said, Look, 
And this was done by a lady called, uh, written by Tamara E. Holmes, publishing. The bottom line, dialysis can be costly even if you have health insurance. Look, the quality of life, no, we shouldn't even get there. What should we do? Pick them as early as possible, one, which we are doing. We are doing a lot of massive screening with support from PATH and other people. We are doing massive screening, that's one. Two, there is a need for all of us to be educated that when we pick hypertension, it's not a license. If you look at the statistics, most of the people at end stage adult are males. Yeah. And because the males are health-seeking pattern, a behavior, is very different from the others. I don't know about the statistics, but you see that we are the culprit. How do we also engage all sociologists, anthropologists for us to know that, look, hypertension, diabetes, the earlier you pick them and even go on medication, it's better. But because you haven't it, engaged these people. You are, you are making it like a suggestion to No, to we are engaging them seriously. When? Uh, Which uh, team is doing this? Give us the names of the people okay. leading this project. How far along are they? What progress have they made? What, what numbers have we seen as a result of the work they are doing? What are you doing? Okay, so when we come to the service, we have what we call the health promotion unit. And the, the basis for the health promotion to really talk a lot about the causes. And I, I believe that we, we, we talk about whether we have to capture it. We can capture it. But the simple example I'm giving you, if you come to Buni, it's another facility. Every Friday, everybody entering the hospital, we check your BP. Once we check your BP and put you on medication, hardly would we come to this stage. Well, why only Bunu East? Why is this not a policy across the Ghana Health Service? Across the whole Ghana Health Service. When I go to hospital, that doesn't happen to me. Are you sure? I'm positive about it. Nobody has said, come here, let me check if you have uh, kidney problems. No, when okay. I enter the, so uh, the, there are two hospital. ways that we have to look at it. The, the, you have to look at the beef fat problem. Let's double check. These these are two people who go to the hospital okay. every, every week. Uh, is that your experience in the outpatients? Do people come along and say, we want to test you for hypertension or diabetes or kidney disease? Well, uh, it's not something that uh, I don't think uh, it happens where I, I go. Unless you yourself go there that I want to be checked. What about you, Kujo? Mm -hmm. Um, I can't attest to that because first, where we used to do the dialysis up there, we are not privy to what's happening at the OPDs. Mm. And currently, where we do our dialysis, mm. where it is close to the OPD, mm. to we don't see we we, we are a bit out of not out of Kolibu. We do Kolibu, we are far away from. Well, James yes, works there. I was just going to say that kidney disease is a non-communicable disease. So when we have the conversation, let's also look at the fact that non-communicable disease now is rising globally. And so when it comes to lifestyle issues, there are major risk factors for all of these. So he mentioned hypertension, diabetes, and other causes. If you have a population where we don't exercise, we'll have this um, non-communicable disease increase. We have a population where people don't eat well, people drink alcohol. People abuse their system. They don't rest. There's, there's no stress relieving activity they can do to reduce their stress. These things will go up. Now, kidney disease on the right are talking about it. Diabetes is rising. Cancers are rising. So we need to also look at the conversation about how do we really work on bringing policies that will help protect our people from non-communicable disease. And one of them that I want to share with you, when we did the sugar sweet beverage tax I spoke to you about some time past, mm. ultra-processed foods, these soft drinks, these cookies and others that are just rich in 
um, glucose, mm. some high salt, and all of those things, will lead to obesity, diabetes, and little chronic disease, and other diseases. There's a policy now that says that we are putting a 20% tax on it, which will make it more expensive, which will reduce consumption, which will raise money for government to do other interventions. And one thing I was going to say is that those money that we get from this should be channeled into management of non-communicable like, like this disease. So that if we need to do research, look at local, what is the local causes of CKD in our country? We can look at all of this. What he mentioned, it may work in Ghana Health Service, Kolebu is not under Ghana Health Service, so mm -hmm. that particular wellness clinic may not be there, I'm not very sure. Mm. But if he says it's working in Ghana Health Service, maybe it is, but I can't verify Well, I mean, he's been he's able to tell us that, what they are doing uh -huh. in Bono East, which is right. good. Uh, the, the question is that who is planning this on a national level? Evans, that takes us all the way back to policy. And of course, you've got the right people in the studio with you to have that discussion, don't you? Uh, and indeed, Kujo, thank you very much. And that uh, conversation is uh, pretty riveting, hearing from the uh, patients themselves. And joining me in the studio, and there's a lot of co uh, questions around policy intervention to, to try and deal with this particular challenge. With me in the studio is a presidential advisor uh, on health. And so I'm going to uh, bring him into the conversation. Obviously, a perpetual is with me uh, with the Ghana Residents Association, Dr. Ampoma himself with the uh, the Kolebu Teaching Hospital. Uh, on Zoom, as you may have noticed, we have the uh, Dr. Kwame uh, Safwansedu with us also. Um, I want to bring you in, uh, Mr. Sarri. So you've had the conversation. The, from the patient's point of view, the cost element is key, right? And for them, that is an issue, a barrier that needs to be removed uh, in dealing with this, with this whole crisis. First of all, you agree this is a crisis that needs urgent addressing, and from what we've been hearing from the uh, Ghana Health Service rep, they, 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 there's an appreciation of the problem, but the issue really is about finding the solution to it. Yeah, thank you very much, Evans. Um, I've been listening to all the speakers, especially the patients and Dr. Admako from Ghana Health Service. You see, renal, end-stage renal disease is one of the non-communicable diseases, as the other gentleman said that is causing a lot of problems, not only in Ghana, but worldwide. Because people have changed their lifestyles. People are growing older and all sorts of things. So if you add all together the, and you don't prevent and early diagnose these diseases, you end up having end-stage renal disease. And that is where the problem is. And once you end up as end-stage renal pro, uh, disease, pro, then you need treatment. And I've realized that people are, we are just talking about dialysis, dialysis. But the definitive treatment for end-stage renal disease is a renal transplant. Yeah, but what you say is uh, it's a function of policy. Yes, the yeah, policy... You, 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 are the, you are the presidential advisor. Yeah, the policy is... So what, what's, what, the what is this thing that the... the policy, what, what advice have you given the president on yeah, this? Yeah, the policy is that if you look at the, at the policy document of this present government we have what we call, um, what Dr. Admako was describing, that everyone, everybody in this country, as much as possible, should be able, if for nothing at all, during your birthday, walk to a clinic or a hospital or even a health center or a teaching hospital and then said, I'm coming to check myself. You are not sick. That is what Dr. Admako was describing. And I can assure you that it has been institutionalized in Ghana Health Service, because I've been in Ghana Health Service before. There's a health prevention unit in Ghana Health Service. 
If you go to Dodowa Hospital, I'll give that example. There's a whole unit for wellness clinic. So wellness clinic is a policy document, a policy uh, directive in all the health sector from the teaching, from the chief center right down to the teaching hospital. Then there must certainly be a disconnect between what the hospitals are supposed to do and what the community actually feels I'm, must I'm, be done. I'm coming there. You see, that's one of the things that you are saying here. But it's also policy effective. Yeah, it's right? a policy, to make the policy effective, you, the, uh, the media, have to carry this to the people. Yeah, but we have I'm happy that you're having this discussion. Yeah, but, but then you have to agree <clears> that once <throat> you design policy, not for the sake of it, the policy has to yeah, be implemented. Yeah, the, the, the policy has been There's definitely designed. a missing link there, and possibly a failure that is leading the to The missing this. link is very easy to solve. The missing link is you use the media, you use the community, you use everybody to propagate. For example... Our brothers in the diaspora, when they come here, they will tell you, oh, I have to rush back because I'm going to do my medicals. It's not sick. But in this country, people wait until they are sick, sometimes wait until they are carried to the hospital, and then they are told that, gone so soon, or you have a, a, a renal failure that you need a dialysis. It, you have ended it. But if you start early, I will say that it is, I call it adult way. When you put in the do- policy document, I say it's called adult way. Children are not sick when they go for way, isn't it? Yeah. You carry the child. Other, you know that every two weeks or every first six weeks, you have to take the child to this. Way. So at least once in a year, we, the doctors, are also, we are copious to it, and nurses. We don't do it. Once a year, just take, walk to the wellness clinic, sit down, you'll be weighed, your height will be taken, they do your BMI, they check your BP, blood pressure, to see if you have a high blood pressure, they will check also your urine, simple test. And if you're a woman, they will check your breast and maybe your uh, womb, the service. And if you're a man above 50, they check if you are urinating well. Once you do that, you get to know whatever is going to happen to you and all these diseases early enough to be treated. Because there are two types. You can have an acute kidney, fail, uh, kidney problem, and then if you don't treat it, you go into chronic kidney problem. And that's where you have a problem. Once you read there, either you like it or not, you have to purify your system. And it's through, one of the ways is through the kidneys. And luckily, there are two kidneys everybody has. So everybody has one spare kidney that maybe you can give to another person. And that also comes with a policy statement. We are now trying as a much... So what is the policy statement on that? The, the policy is that we are now doing kidney transplants, for example, in Colombia, but we should have a law Backing the donation, the storage, and then also giving the kidney to I take note that they use the word should. Yes, should. Advice, yes. We, we, we must have, and we must have. why don't we have it? We are working on that. I know that there's a document which is, which is being looked at at the moment. I remember when I was in Ghana, we set up a committee. We wrote a document as far back as 2018, which we presented, and that's what we are, we are making. Has cabinet approved it? That's what we are making sure that it goes to parliament. It's parliament. The cabinet approval goes to cabinet. We will make sure that it's done. But what I will say is that for the wellness clinic, it's a policy directive which I've been given to Ghana Health Service and all the agencies of the Ghana Health I'm, in, I'm interested in the policy, the law, but what's the timeline? When do you hope to, to hit parliament for, for that process to start? I know the uh, Ghana Kidney Association, the Ghana uh, Ophthalmology Association of Ghana, the Fertility Associ- uh, Group, in the obstetrics and gynecology are all now plastic advocating surgeons. and the plastic surgeons. And I'm an, a very strong advocate for it. Because plastic surgery is talking about plastic surgery. When somebody has bends, you can also have a, a skin transplant, a tissue transplant. 
For example, common eye, a lot of people are blind because of cornea, uh, cornea scarring. And we do cornea transplant here, and people see again. So these are things that we have to, as quickly as possible, make sure. And where I said, we'll make sure that it comes through cabinet, the minister brings it to a cabinet. Any timeline? Timelines, because people, this is a matter of life and death. We are working on it. Okay. I won't tell you, if I tell you by the end of the year, you come and ask him why it hasn't been done, but it has to go through a whole process. Yeah. Stay with me. But the, for the wellness clinic, it's a policy. And today, I'm telling every Ghanaian, you don't have to be sick before you go to hospital. Walk to the hospital on the week, the month, or the day of your birthday before you come and chill. Just walk to the hospital after chilling. Walk to the hospital. Go and check yourself. Check your weight. Check your height. Check your parameters, blood pressure, and everything. And then you will know if you are sick, especially for kidney disease, early enough to solve it so that you don't reach the end-stage kidney. Mm. And stay, you, stay with me, and, and Dr. I'll come to you um, also, Petro. But I want to quickly go to the man we started with, um, and that's uh, Kwame Sapansiru. Kwame, you've heard the policy makers, at least you've heard the uh, President's Special Advisor, you've heard the Ghana Health Service Rep. Are you convinced that our policymakers fully appreciate the gravity of what we are talking about? Um, thanks, uh, You know that with me, I always try to back anything I say with members. I started the introduction with speaking to Ghana's outpatient per capita, which is 1.06. It actually rose to 1.13 in 2021, and it dropped to 1.06. And this is in the holistic assessment of the um, health systems program of works. It's a document that is written by government. If you go into that document, uh, our patient per capita was 0.98 in the year 2000. It's 1.06 in 2022, or sorry, in 2021, which was the last document they were discussing. Dr. Isiasari talks about a government policy, which obviously has been implemented from 2017, where people have to go to these clinics and see a clinician and get their, uh, what do you call it, um, blood pressure um, measured, um, their sugars checked, their breast checked, and all that. The first thing we'd have seen is an uptick in our outpatient per capita, because they'll first have to be booked in as an outpatient per capita. Uh, outpatient. In the year 2017, and I'm quoting government statistics, our outpatient per capita was 0.99. It's now 1.06. After implementing a policy for seven years, six and a half years to be fair, and you ask me, Evans, that on the basis of these numbers, which are Ghana Health Service numbers, which they held a conference on last year, I would be conversant and happy with what Dr. Dumaku, who is my friend, and Dr. who is my father, Virgin, have said. No, I am not. And it's not because so it's either there is a policy breakdown, the policy exists, but the implementation has not turned around into health outcomes so that you get the health outcomes, which is a decline in the number of people. If you listen to Dr. Dumaku, the numbers he's putting out are scary. And if we are getting these uptakes and our, our patient per capita is virtually stagnating and the policy has been implemented for six and a half years, then obviously the statistics do not support what Dr. Siasaria said. And he has those documents because they put them out. So if I am wrong, he can speak to the documents. 
Um, Professor Sassari, Dr. Sassari, want to address that quickly because there are questions for you from some of the patients. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I didn't bring the statistics here. But maybe Dr. Adumako can assist us because he is a regional director. But I believe if you look at even the number of diabetes and hypertension that Dr. Adumako has given, I don't know where he's coming from, but in 2019, he said the, the hypertension was 19,000. 23,000 in 2020, 31,900 in 2021, 32,022. Uh, uh, and the same thing is also for diabetes. Which means we should, should ask ourselves a question. Were these diagnoses done as part of the wellness clinic or not? He is talking the global issue of per capita OPD attendance. And you should also know that... Uh, between 2019 and the 2020, 2021, because of COVID, OPD attendance upper came down. So it also has an effect. But the question I ask Dr. Siodu, my nephew, is that he should also tell us, I mean, he should also avert himself to the point that these increases in diabetes and hypertension that you are seeing, they are all maybe patients who, some of the patients who went for normal checks. But as, we, as I said, it's not every hospital or every clinic or every health center which has set up the wellness clinic. That's what we are encouraging Ghana Health Service to set up. And it's not all Ghanaians who are availing themselves now to uh, the wellness clinic attendance or the, what I call adult way. We've been speaking about it. We've been telling people, and I think it should be a campaign by all of us that let us look at ourselves, and especially employers, I believe that when you want to promote anybody, you should first ask, have you gone for medical check? And it should be something that should be done in every workplace. You can call even the hospitals that you work with that come to our, our maybe joy and then come and do a checkup for all our employees here. It should be done. And these are the ways that we can do to at least early diagnose all these diseases. But more importantly, is prevention and, ch and lifestyle ch uh, changes that we are having. Mm. We have to try as much as possible to prevent these things. And there are ways we can prevent them. We all know. Don't eat too much sugar. Do a lot of exercise. Walk around and don't live a, a sedentary life and all sorts of things. So it's an individual. See, health is the responsibility of the policymakers and then whoever is in charge. And as well as the responsibility of you, the individual. Mm. And it's all needs, we need to be talking and let people do the uptake of health services in our society. Mm. And it comes with education. Yes, and, and partly, and you notice that we've spent a chunk of the conversation so far on the preventive, um, which, which is important. And I want to bring in Kojo. Kojo, um, I, I, Kojo your, your panelists there, the patients, they have a question for Dr. Nsiasari. The renal patients in my studio have some questions for the policymakers in your studio, Evans. Uh, we're going to start with you, Thomas Khan. You have been um, a, a renal patient on dialysis for 10 years. What's your question? Well, Kojo, I think that uh, uh, listening to uh, Dr. Nsiasari, he's been talking about policy, policy, policy documents. And uh, I want to know, uh, you know, we, we are dwelling on uh, dialysis all right but the end result or the long-term solution is the transplant i want to know from dr nsiasari uh what is it 
policy direction what have we done as a country in terms of organ donation because it is one area that we've not really taken our minds to and this is one thing that in our part of the world people do not really know about it people link it to superstition all sort of uh, things meanwhile we people could just be donating their organs just to save lives mm. because uh, could you mind you or maybe people do not know there are people who are born with just one kidney mm. people are not aware yeah. that is why sometimes when they call for health uh, uh, health screenings we have to go because uh, i remember we went for one uh, event at ucc and one mm. student just came and uh, uh, told mm. us that he didn't know he had one kidney so wow. that is why he was just walking so your question is about organ donation what exactly. is the policy here yes. in ghana is there a policy document do we have an organ uh, bank uh, uh, for example yes uh, yes uh, do okay. we have laws that can even govern uh, exactly organ donation yeah. thank you for that um kojo what's your question uh, my question goes to kolebu uh, ceo uh, mr dr poku uh when is the cabin going to be open to the OPD patient? We are dying. People are dying outside there. Mm -hmm. Just Sunday, we lost another patient. So if now they say the thing has been reduced to the old price, whilst we are waiting for the new price to be approved by Parliament. Parliament is on recess. Mm -hmm. We don't know when they are coming back. So are they trying to say until they come back before the new price comes before we come out? We want to know. We beg them. Two important questions uh, for your guests, Evans. And I'll take Dr. Puma first to that last question. All right. Okay, so thank you very much. I think um, this is an important conversation, like I said, and uh, we are very sympathetic to the plight of the dialysis patients. Now, just to also give you some numbers, uh, we've been under recovering for some time now. As I said, our prices were set about three years ago. So this, uh, if I, and you should also appreciate where we've come from. When dialysis started in Kolibu, the average cost per session was around about $100 per session, equivalent of $100. And now the price has come down considerably. As of today, we're, 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 but the current, we're under recovering for the current uh, price. And so we also need to, much as we sympathize the patients, we also need to keep the service sustainable. And so First Sky support has been very, very tremendous in helping us to be able to provide service for about 80%, free that is for 80% of the patients that we treat. Unfortunately, because of the increase in the cost of the consumables, not the increase in the cost as such, because in, the, in, uh, in Forex it's the same, but uh, when it comes to the CD equivalent, it's gone up. So we need to uh, you know, make those adjustments. And so that's a situation. In fact, as we stand now, the renal unit has a deficit or has a financial deficit of 4 million CDs that we need to, uh, you know, that we are trying to find ways of is, is that debt? Yes, that's or you debt. owe a supplier. No, it's debt. Yes, debt. Debt that we owe. How do you accrue that? Okay. How was that accrued? It's because of, of the under recovery from the from the service that we are providing, and so to continue to run at full throttle uh, would mean that with this debt is going to balloon. Okay, and that is why there was a need for us to look at adjusting the, uh, the, the you know the price whilst we also engage with the next relevant stakeholders to see how best this deficit can be met. In fact, somebody mentioned the fact about the nurse talk about the uh, machines. That's, uh, I think you have 90 cents? Yes, in fact, we had about 13. Uh, but now, how many do you have? You know, we, had, we had about 15, but now I think they are about uh, 12 or so functional. But then um, we also have about 45 uh, 
you know, machines that the supply or, or the, the supply is supposed to bring in, you know, to show up our services. That be, what that have been withheld because of this debt, you know. Who, who is withholding it? That's the Fizinos Medical Care. Uh, that's the company that uh, produces the dialysis machines and supplies the consumables. To so, call the boutique, you know, yes, you have a contract with them? Yes, please. Okay, well, what, what, what is the arrangement with them exactly? So they supply and then they, yes. how do they make their money? You pay them? Yes, so we pay, yes, so we pay, yes, so they, they, the supply is going, then we pay them. But then we have to pay them in euros. And so, so you can imagine what happens, that you accumulate, uh, you know, you're, 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 you're taking money in cities and you accumulate, uh, uh, you know, the money to, to transfer. But then as you accumulate, as, you know, like last year, for, for example, when there was that sharp, uh, you know, change in the exchange rate, that means that by the time you are ready to transfer, you know, the CD has actually lost a lot of value. So those are some of the challenges that we've had, and we are in negotiations trying to see with them if we can actually, uh, you know, uh, do a certain benchmarking on the price for, you know, let's say every year or every half year so that, we, do not, we are not subject to those. Uh, we reduce our exposure to that kind of uh, fluctuation. So, so what, what is this now? They've withheld the, uh, the export of yeah. those materials into Ghana? No, we've, we've been able to secure uh, some of the consumer. In fact, the decision to reduce our outputs that we're running low on consumables. And because of the debt, the outstanding debt, the supply had been withheld. And so we managed to find some money. To, to pay them, uh, to pay some, which enabled them to release more consumables uh, to us. In fact, it was during that period that uh, the outpatient services was restricted. And the question so that was asked directly was, when will you open it? Exactly. So we are now engaged with government, with the ministry, with other stakeholders to see how quickly we can, you know, find the resources to advance. Because at the moment, we are sitting in a 4 million uh, city hall. And so, uh, and every session of dialysis that we do, because if you look at... Um, the current, if we are to operate at uh, our uh, current capacity, which is about 2,000 uh, dialysis sessions every month, then it means that we are going to accumulate about 961,000 cities of debt every month, uh, you know, in addition to the 4 million cities that we have already. So this is financially unsustainable, and that is why we are also in discussion to see how this can be ameliorated. Okay, so, so that's back to the question, when will you open we are, hoping, we are hoping to get a breakthrough in terms of getting some uh, advancement in terms of funds so that once that is secured, then we can be able to open the services out fully. But so, as I said, we are still open for emergency. So if any patient, uh, you know, the, the situation becomes critical and it's an emergency, we are still open to treat those. We are still treating emergencies. So for clarity, as we speak tonight, you can't tell when exactly the OPD will be open. Yes, exactly. You can't tell. I can't, yes. Okay, I'm and then fundamentally, to... because you don't have consumables, enough consumables. No, we have the consumables. Don't get me wrong. Okay. We've secured the consumables. But if we deploy the consumables now at the current rate, we are under-recovering. So, and then raise the funds to pay. Exactly. Okay. So, you know, so then we'll, we'll still, it will become a visual cycle. Then in the end, we may not even be able to do the emergencies and the, the inpatients. And so at the moment, we are providing the service at the old price, for inpatients and for anyone who comes in as an emergency. Mm -hmm. So that uh, 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 you know, safety basket is there. You know, but then for us to be able to roll out, the, the, like, to go back to our maximum uh, you know, output, we'll need to be able to find a way of recovering. Uh, that otherwise, means we are going to end up in a deeper financial hole. Um, uh, we'll come back to the tax question because it's very, very important. It has, has come up. But uh, before we even answer that question, 
Uh, he's may, I, may, I, may I add? May I add? Uh, okay. Because uh, I think uh, one of the issues that came. I'll, I'll give you time. Okay. I promise you. Okay. All right. <laughs> when we come back, so you can address that in full, because you've made a very important point. You say you're working with government to help you in this particular the, the yeah, issue yeah, you yeah. have now. But, but I was, I was, actually, there's something to do with the. You know, the, I, I'm interested in solutions. Yeah, you know, we'll come to that. Yeah, yeah. Trust me. I mean, we'll, we'll come to that. But I, because you have Insanza right here, okay. directly, he says they need your help to get this particular challenge with the, with the financing sorted. When, when is government going to give that help? And in what form will they get it? Yes, first and foremost, what I will say is that there's a tax exemption regime where you're going to taxes. See, the, one of the issues of... We have to get a big a solution to the whole issue. If you can address this specifically for me, I'll be very grateful. The yes, question gov- about government, they need help now yes, I saw him, so they can open the OPD. I saw him yesterday of his board chair at the presidency. So the help is being sorted out. And they will get the help as quickly as possible. Okay, so what help exactly do you need? Do you need the government to give you tax relief or you need them to give you money? Then, that's very, let's drill down. What, what do you need? That's, for, that's what I wanted to answer the tax. There's a tax exemption. For, forgive me, I think he has an answer. What exactly do you need? Because the conversation we are having is solutions, right? And this is a very important part for those who need that, that uh, treatment. So, so what exactly so, do you need yeah, so immediately, now? Immediately, an, an, uh, an injection of capital to help us clear the outstanding debt would immediately you know, free us up. So government should us. give you money? Yes, exactly. And Four then, million or more? Yes, please. And then, and, then, and then we also need to look at the long-term solution in terms of the, the current pricing. Because if we do not also look at the pricing, that means we'll find ourselves back in this situation a few, uh, you know... Uh, you know uh, when you say pricing, you want government to bear part of the cost? That is a solution that we all have to look at. Whether we are going to uh, increase our contributions to health insurance, that's an option. Because if you look at the health insurance contributions, for instance, we are paying very little. I mean, somebody who earns maybe 10 times a month, how much health insurance premium do they pay in a year? Just about maybe 100 and something cities. It's very, something very paltry. But then if all the advanced economies that we've gone to, you find out that when you get your, uh, your paycheck, maybe about 5% of your salary goes into national health uh, contributions and now that we have we have, uh, we have everybody has a Ghana card we can identify uh, most individuals within the country we can track you know payments of uh, this insurance premium so then we are uh, and then I think that um, we can also make sure that these monies go directly into the health insurance kitty so that it doesn't have to go through a circuitous route so that it's all available for the health insurance to be able to deploy in terms of the health of people so today is dialysis tomorrow to something else. So, so that we can look at the basket of conditions that affect Ghanaians. Because all these people are Ghanaians, and as I've always been saying this, that the quality of every society is determined by how, you know, what, uh, you know, how we treat the, the, most, vulnerable. the, vulnerable. Exactly. the most vulnerable. Yes. You know, so that is what we are looking at. So I think that if we're able to do something like that, you know, immediately to free up a lot of resources so that health insurance can become meaningful. Because, you see, you do not... Personally, my friends, you don't need insurance for something like malaria because malaria treatment has come down so, I mean, so much that the average person or even the, the poor person can afford, you know, to treat malaria. But then if you have a road traffic accident, if you have, uh, uh, you know, a pregnancy complications, or a kidney, you have dialysis, a, kidney. Yes, a kidney failure, you would, you would need support. No matter how, uh, you know, if, if you're a middle-class person, it is a big drain. So I, I hear you so, say the, the NHIS must cover this. I'm not saying it's covered, but I'm saying that we must, uh, NHS could potentially cover this, but we must also look at 
the contributions that we are making into the NHS. Because then if you, if you increase the contribution, you get more money exactly. to then subsidize. Exactly. So then the, subsidize. Because at the moment, we are looking at about 700,000 oh, people, people, all right? And we did the math and realized that, look, you need, and let's say if the number is about 1,000, you need about 3.4 million cities every month to cover all those people in terms of their need, their dialysis needs. So that works about, about 36 mm -hmm. million cities a year. For dialysis, you know, so that is a potential solution that we can be able to find if we are able to increase the contributions that we are making to NHIS. The other issue that we have to look at is also the, uh, you know, organ transportation because dialysis is actually organ transportation. Yes, sorry, sorry organ transportation. Yes. Transplantation. Yes. So that in this particular situation, it is kidney transplant because you know, no matter how good the dialysis machine is, it can never be substitute for you know a kidney, and so that is something that. Is the only way that people can exit from being on hooked on dialysis for the rest of their lives, and so that is, in fact, that's why uh, what we did as a teaching hospital was to build capacity so that now our local surgeons are able to carry out transplants on their own. In fact, next month we are going to have the next uh, uh, session of, of transplantation, and that's why we also uh, started canvassing the issue of. In fact, your 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 your, your colleagues were there to support us, you know, to start canvassing the issue of having a national policy on organ transplantation in general so that it covers both kidney and liver, uh, eye, skin, you know, all those. And you make an important point. It goes to the question, the first question. Yeah. And I, I want to put that to um, Dr. Nsiansari. But before that, though, you said they will get the money because they've met the president. Yes, there's discussion going on. So they will get the money. You can assure because everybody's listening. This is very, very important. Yes, they have to be supported for Ghanaians to get the treatment. So you, you can assure us today on the show that Kolebu will get the money to open the OPD? Kolebu's chief executive was at the presidency yesterday of the board chairman. I just want to get a commitment. They will get the money. Oh, the government is to assist and help the people. So whatever government wants to do to assist the people, that's what they will do. Then, but, mm -hmm. Let's go to the question that was asked of you. The question which was asked was, what are we doing about organ donation? Yes. We can do it very briefly so I could... Yes, as I said, there's a document which is being reviewed so that we have a law. It's very, very important. It has to go through cabinet for cabinet approval and then move to parliament for parliamentary uh, approval and uh, uh, president will assent to it. So that we can harvest the organ, we can... Uh, store the organ and also donate the organ. It's not only for kidney because even for the in vitro fertilization that they are doing, it's a tissue. Skin from other person to another person, it's a tissue. So all these things should be backed by law. And that is what is going on. And as I said, I'm very key. He is very key. Everybody is key. The Ghana Kidney Association, the Ghana mm. Ophthalmological Association, and then even the Plastic Surgery Association and the IVF team are all on us, and some of us have taken up as our, because I'm a doctor, mm. first and foremost, that this thing should be done, and done as quickly as possible. And then, as he rightly, as the doctor once said also, we are building the capacity of our surgeons. Actually, kidney transplant is one of the most not so complicated things that we can do, as any surgeon can do. And we know that uh, there's also a urology unit, which is almost completed. At Kolebu, it will be part of the place where we can have also renal transplant done and to train our uh, doctors and our nurses and all the health workers to go into that type of field. I know Konfonochi also is trying to do the same thing. So, if you have about three or four transplant centers across the country and you have where the organ is, and the people should also know 
how to donate parts of their bodies. As uh, one of the patients said, everybody has two kidneys. And normally we need about one kidney to carry out all that. So you can easily donate. And the most important thing to me is the eye. When anybody is about to die and your eye is good, you can remove your eye and then donate their cornea to somebody. After all, when you die, you, have, you close your eyes. So when the, the eye is not there, nobody will even notice it. And these are things that, as a country, moving forward in our health systems, we can do in this country. And even Ghana then will become a medical tourist center where mm. the 380 million people in the West Africa sub-region. Many will say you're looking too far ahead. People, the no, we are problems not. Problems you have to solve the basic we, ones we first. We solve the problem, and we solve the problem in such a way that it also, we can also solve even every other problem. Mm. And one of the most important things is that even before we go to all these things, I am also challenging Kolebu, Konfanochi, anybody who has a renal dialysis, to, to have a bulk procurement. So if they all join together, when you buy it in bulk, you get the prices down. I remember I used to do it with my uh, senior brother from Pong Boateng when we were in college. We were buying some drugs bulk, and it was very cheap and uh, affordable to the people. So that's what we mm. also are telling them to do. And the, the most important thing is that our pharmaceutical companies in Ghana and the new ones which are coming up should go into manufacturing of the consumables, especially... There was a story the today yes. that talked about that. I remember very well that uh, at the World Health, uh, World Health Summit, I think 2019, 2000, I think 2019, Brown, B. Brown in, 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 um, <clears throat> in, in Germany said they want to build a center like that in West Africa, and they thought Ghana is a place to go. Mm. But then COVID came, and uh, everybody went... Doc, stay with me. Perpetual, listen, I want to hear Perpetual on, on, on the talk about the proposed solutions and the questions you've yes. had so far. Um, and, and you are on the ground, mm-hmm. right? All the things you've heard about the policies that we're told have been implemented, that we all now have come, talked about in terms of its ability to actually lead to um, outcomes, right? Give us your sense of... If, I, I want to hear the, the reality. You've heard the... Ghana Health Service Policy. You've heard the talk about what Kolebu uh, has proposed and what the uh, Dr. Cesare says they, they are doing. Does that reflect in what you see on a daily basis across the country from the perspective of the registered nurses and midwives <laughs> in reality? Well, um, indeed, there are these wellness centers. But it comes back to the health-seeking behaviors of our people. We ourselves. And it's important that we recognize that we are in a country where when people are not well, the first point of contact is to go into a chemical shop or a pharmacy and get some medications and start treating themselves. <clears throat> when they can't handle it anymore, that is when they go to the hospital. So a lot of people do self-treatment and will hardly go to the hospital. And from the data that, um, is it shared? Yeah. You, With you the realize exactly how many, how many people visit the hospital in a year. We don't do that often, but it's important that we use all the channels that we have to educate the population. As much as the policy is being drafted or being developed, um, as much as arrangements are being made to offset the, the bills of Kolebu and make the system run efficiently for patients, it's important that at the center of it all is the Ghanaian who needs medical help, mm. who needs um, dialysis, who needs some immediate treatment to resolve the, the conditions that they are facing. 
and it's important that we, we look at it holistically. Um, immediately, I think that we should be able to look at the National Health Insurance Scheme and find support, find support for the patients who are going through all of this. Yes, it's the end stage. There's a spectrum of the, the, the whole kidney disease process. And if we take it at from the beginning till the end, there are a whole lot of things that we can do. From the beginning, I said health seeking behaviors. Let's begin to take our health seriously. Let's visit any chemical shop or any pharmacy to check our BPs, our blood sugar. Visit the established wellness centers that may be in existence in some facilities because indeed they are not everywhere. It's not everywhere, and you will not be able to access. Mm. You will not be able to access that um, kind of help or health care that you need from those angles. But it's also important that we look at our lifestyles. There is need for lifestyle modification. Non-communicable diseases, diabetes, hypertension, are all as a result of lifestyle. We are becoming more westernized in terms of what we eat and everything that we do. Let's move back to our locals and um, eat our local foods that are nutritious and give us good health. And um, all those lifestyle changes can help us. Let's not go about just buying any drugs from just anywhere. Let's go to the right sources to get medications to resolve our problem because we have fake medications out there and we have medications that are also um, having just a small element of what it's supposed to cure. Um, let's use um, the media. You guys mm. are fantastic. Mm. Let's, let's propagate the news of um, how we need to take care of our health. If you have been diagnosed as a hypertensive patient, uh, a diabetes patient, you have your regular drugs that you are supposed to take. Take them. Regular basis. Forget about um, the fact that it will have these side effects on you, these adverse effects. You can always have a conversation with your, 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 your GP to have some of those things corrected. So take your medications seriously. And let's begin to have a reduction in the numbers of these conditions. Mm. Because, like I said, majority of Ghanaians are in the lower belt of um, the economic ladder, and therefore we don't have the money to, to actually pay, even if you take it to 100 cities, people will still have difficulty in paying for mm. it. So it's important that we focus on the preventive measures, which is very, very you know, important. Doctor, yes. I'll come to you because I, you're, I mean, you're a man who used to work at Colibu joins us now. He's a uh, Dr. Titus Bayo. About the prevention, it's very, very important, and that's what we've been emphasising on that. But we've heard tonight that at Confanochi alone, between 25 and 40 children die there a year, right? The children, it's not about lifestyle, is it? I mean, they are not, they are not drinking, yeah. certainly. Um, it, it's not about, they're not, you know, doing the things that we do, you know, yes. that we're talking about in terms of the prevention. prevention. And so I want to take that there because, uh, Dr. Taito if you expand the conversation beyond the prevention, and we've talked a lot about that, for us who are grown-ups, we need to do that, right? And that is very important. Doesn't this conversation also boil down, <clears throat> really, to making the dialysis treatment free, bottom line? Isn't it as simple as it is? Um, Evans, thank you very Nationwide, much for the opportunity. Colleague. Yeah, thank you very much for the opportunity. And let me just greet your co, uh, the co-panelists. I would agree with you perfectly 
that this is one of the things that we have established this evening that individuals cannot do for themselves. And what a person cannot do for themselves in functioning states, the state must take it up and do it for the individuals. In fact, in all our discussions, one population or one segment of the population that has been left out are my patients, the pregnant women. They also get renal failure. We've talked about the children, we've talked about adults, but the pregnant women, and for many of them, their only sin is that they were attempting to bring another human being into the world. And in the process of that, they get hypertensive disorders. And these hypertensive disorders then lead to renal failure. And among the causes of death among hypertensive disorders patients, eclampsia is number one. The second is acute renal failure. Now, acute renal failure, if they get prompt dialysis services, the kidney can recover completely. Unfortunately, this service is not on the NHIS as of now. And you wonder why it is not. So in reality, the, the, the solution is for this thing to be free. Now, for it to be free, we must have a mechanism for financing. One of the challenges with the financing mechanisms here is that if we talk of the NHIS, the NHIS will be a very good vehicle because they are experienced in managing uh, funds as far as healthcare is concerned. They have all the actuarial st uh, statistics to prove how to sustain funds. But in a system where the NHIS funds are capped, which means that not every amount going that we have contributed to the NHIS actually gets to the NHIS or is disbursed to the NHIS. How can they get money uh, to fund these services that we are talking about? We have imposed a syntax on sub uh, um, uh, substances that we think are inimical to our health. The money coming from this syntax, I will ring fencing it to use it to cater for the people who fall victim to this substance, because that's the whole theory around it. We know that smoking is not good to give you a non-communicable disease. Therefore, we tax cigarettes so that when you fall ill, you will not be a burden to the society. That burden that you would have brought onto the society by smoking, the tax that we have gotten from you, we can use to take care of you and other people who may need it. What are we doing to the money that is coming from this syntax? Are we reinforcing it, or is it just going into the consolidated fund for which it's very difficult for you to even account for? So if we are looking at it, I think ultimately dialysis must be free. Mm. And we have to have a funding mechanism. My other submission on this is that if you look at the kidney situation we are discussing, the prevalence of chronic kidney disease, about 17% in Ghana, means that this condition is even more prevalent than HIV. Has it gotten the needed attention like HIV? So we need perhaps a separate entity, maybe a National Kidney Health Authority or a chronic, chronic um, diseases or non-communicable diseases authority to engage in surveillance for these conditions, proper research on the etiology. In the case of kidney, for instance, what is globally known as a leading cause of kidney, uh, chronic kidney failure is, is diabetes, but in Ghana, it's not. Mm -hmm. So what is different in the Ghanaian population? When you look at Ghanaians living in Ghana and Ghanaians living abroad, the prevalence of kidney disease among them is not the same. The leading causes is not the same, which means there are still a lot of unanswered questions. 
capacity building. I think Dr. Nsiasa, we talked about building capacity of our surgeons. Dr. Opokwa and Puma also uh, confirmed that that is very helpful. But as of today, we have just about 12 nephrologists in Ghana mm. to cater for 17% of our population with chronic kidney disease at various stages. What are we doing to improve on that? So these are the critical questions that I think we need to be asking ourselves. And if we do not get these things well answered, we will have a big challenge at our hand that will be very, very, very difficult to manage. Finally, on the prevention, they've talked about the policy on wellness clinic. Evans, uh, the dichotomy between our policy and the actual implementation, what is happening on the ground, is so clear and striking that you can just see the difference. As of today, there is no motivation for a Ghanaian just to walk to the hospital. We can keep appealing, but when they don't go, at the end of the day, we will have to bear the brand as a nation, mm-hmm. unless we decide to do what we are doing now and leave them to their fate so that they die. But if we really, really want to make some diagnosis not a death sentence to a lot of families, like the uh, end-stage renal failure is today to a lot of families, we must put in incentives to get people to go and get themselves checked. Have the, those who have brought this policy and implemented it found out why are people not going? Mm. How long are we going to keep appealing? Now, if you walk into any health facility and say, I'm just coming for a wellness check, and I run a private hospital, and I check your BP, I check this, I want to do a screening for diabetes, you have to pay for it. This wellness check is not on any insurance. Our health insurance scheme today, if you don't have a diagnosis, and a patient comes to the clinic and he said, the patient is well, you mm. will not be paid. Mm. So what would be the motivation of any private or public practitioner calling people who are apparently well at home? Come and get yourself checked every year. So we must put in some motivation. Where the NHIS or private health insurance schemes are made to pay for at least one annual wellness check per year, per person. If that is happening, then there'll be motivation. Even the clinic owners or managers will put in a callback mechanism for people to come to the clinic to screen because there's a motivation for the facilities because they are going to be paid for that service that is rendered. As it is now, we are only appealing to people's conscience. And if I'm not sick, really, the thinking is that why do I need to see a doctor? Even though we realize that it's very important. So mm. I think that if we really, really, really mean business, we have to look at incentivizing the system. But in summary of all that I have said, what will the Ghanaian get from their government? What is the benefit of paying tax to my government? So that things that I cannot do for myself, like provision of roads, the government will provide for me. I think in the health sector, the conditions that if you are diagnosed with today, no matter your income level, you struggle to survive. The renal failure, cancers, uh, if you have an acute stroke, you need in ICU care. These very cost-intensive services most of them are not covered on the NHIS. Mm. And, and, so and as we, what will government do? Yeah, and as we talk about the NHIS, I can tell you that we'll be talking to the National Health Insurance Authority next. And also, Odysseum Mensa is the Director of Corporate Affairs, will join us for that conversation. Uh, Nasiba uh, Bawa is the protester you, you saw. The video went viral. She complained about the death of a, somebody that she knew. 
and really got a lot of people talking. Also, will join us with thoughts on, on this particular matter. Uh, and then also, we will definitely go back and hear from uh, Kojo and his panelists, the uh, patients with him uh, in the Joy 99.7 FM. Still, you see them there uh, waiting to have a bite at where we are uh, in this conversation, as far as the solutions are concerned. And then the studio with me uh, is the presidential advisor on health, Dr. Nsiasari. Uh, Dr. Adumako, of course, heads the Kolebu Teaching Hospital and Perpetual is the uh, president of the Ghana Registered Nurses Association as well. I know there's a lot of what to say. I'll come up for you to have it because no, I want to no, take a quick no, break. No, I'm you wanna, okay, yeah, no problem. Very briefly. Before you go for quick break, there <laughs> are some... Very, very briefly. There are some things that my... Some things. So hold on to that. Hold on to those things. Make, make, make a note. Make a note. I'll return, I'll return for that. I'll return for you to give us your thoughts on what you've just said. Please stay with us. This is a conversation about the dialysis crisis. But as you've heard, it's far bigger than that. When we return, we'll hear from the National Health Insurance Authority. Hello, my name is Abeiku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still need job better with EcoBank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of Ecobank. Download Ecobank Mobile from Google Play Store or the App Store and discover the smart way to bank. Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. About a month later, then you are there, and then one person's picture will be sent. So Hello, my name is Abeiku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still need job better with EcoBank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of EcoBank. Download EcoBank Mobile from Google Play Store or the App Store and discover the smart way to bank. EcoBank, the Pan African Bank. <laughs> Thank you.
one of the queen Jeremy. Who's up, bra? Why don't know? I will do it here. Who's up, bra? A towel. You call that spot of food like that. How? Take this guy blank put down. Don't worry, I'll deal with them. I do you know that. I will choose my team. You, Kotinasi. Kalipu, the natural fruit juice drink. This advert is FDA approved. About one third of a million people live with HIV in Ghana. Close to 10,000 of them die each year, mostly as a result of a lack of antiretroviral drugs and adherence. In fact, close to 57% of children under 14 years living with HIV do not receive antiretroviral drugs, again, as a result of inadequate funds to provide them with medication. Life expectancy for these children is grim. The big worry, close to 16,300 people are newly infected with HIV each year. With this alarming rate of HIV infections, all of us are in danger. And Ghana is headed for an epidemic explosion if nothing is done now to avert it. While the Ghana AIDS Commission is working hard to overturn the situation, the Commission urgently needs funding support from corporate Ghana and individuals to save lives. We're therefore appealing to you, corporate entities and individuals, to support the National HIV and AIDS Fund by dialing star 9898-HASH on MTN and Vodafone and follow the prompts or pay into the National HIV and AIDS Fund account number 101-863-161-3233, Bank of Ghana. Your donation will be used to prevent new infections and provide care for people living with HIV, including children affected by AIDS. For further information, please call Ghana AIDS Commission on 302 919260 or email info at ghanaids.gov.gh. Give to save a life today. Ghana AIDS Commission partnering to eliminate HIV and AIDS. It feels like becoming an entrepreneur aside academics is never going to be possible when you're in school. Mainly because we feel that we are young and we don't have the resources and the guts to be one. But if you believe in yourself and you have the passion to become an entrepreneur, then you already are. Staying ahead in a highly competitive environment requires applying creativity and innovation to every aspect of your journey to becoming an entrepreneur. Presently, entrepreneurship is driven by creativity and innovation to attain business objectives. The explosion in technology, business, entrepreneurship and consumption in this new era is as a result of the ongoing application of innovation. Milton Bell once said, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. So, if you are ready to be an entrepreneur, Heritage Christian College is ready for you. Heritage Christian College moves you from a wantrepreneur to become an entrepreneur. Daddy, Daddy, this tank is big! Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working surface on it. Mm-hmm. 
That's so true. I can see S I N T E X. Syntax. That is so true, my daughter. But it falls down into spoilers. That's not true. But why? Yay! <laughs> Syntax was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntax again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntax gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntax is the answer. Syntax tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Hello, my name is Abeiku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still the job better with EcoBank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of Ecobank. Download Ecobank Mobile from Google Play Store, all the apps store and discover the smart way to bank. Ecobank, the Pan-African bank. In life, choice is good, but choice plus safety is way better. Your safety and comfort is paramount. Under the cylinder recirculation model, you can buy LPG in a safe environment. All cylinders are inspected and maintained to the best safety standards, so your safety is assured. Just take your empty cylinder to the nearest exchange point and swap it for a filled cylinder. Different cylinder sizes will be available to meet your pocket size. Imagine cooking in a smoke-free environment. This will improve the health and well-being of you and your family. Choose LPG in a safer model of distribution. Cylinder recirculation model. Securing your safety. Creating more jobs. A message from the National Petroleum Authority under the patronage of the Ministry of Energy. I'm very angry. I am very angry. I'm more angry at this morning. People are dying each day. The dialysis machine in Colombo Gospel. Do you know the number of people who died? A 24-year-old boy died this morning. His father is a teacher. His father is a teacher. Gave over 30 years of his life to the service. Could not afford transplants. Could not afford dialysis. 400 cities a week. What do you mean? Do you know how much taxes they check out every day? The cost of living. But you bring in flowers for your daughter's birthday. You bring a cake to celebrate 11. God will judge the government. I'm What's very angry. I am very angry. I'm more angry at this morning. People are dying each day. The dialysis machine in Colombo Gospel. Do you know the number of people who died? A 24-year-old boy died this morning. His father is a teacher. His father is a teacher. Gave over 30 years of his life to the service. Could not afford transplants. Could not afford dialysis. 400 cities a week. What do you mean? Do you know how much taxes they check out every day? The cost of living. 
but you bring in flowers for your daughter's birthday. You bring a cake to celebrate eleven. God will judge the government. And you're still live here on this Joy News special thought leadership event on the dialysis crisis. And we have the panel helping us navigate this very complex challenge. And you've been listening to uh, Dr. Anthony Nsiasari, who is a presidential advisor on health. He's here with me in the studio. You've heard from Perpetual Furi Ampofo, who is the president of the Ghana Registered Nurses and Midwives Association. Kwame uh, Saponasidu, you've heard from him as well, is a pharmacist by profession, a Democracy and Development Fellow uh, in Public Health at the Ghana Center for Democratic Development. Uh, Professor Samsung Enki, the president of the Ghana Kidney Association and professor of child health and pediatric nephrology at the KNUST, gave us some really startling statistics uh, regarding the number of children dying every year at the Confanoche Teaching Hospital, 25 to 40 of them when they come in at that stage when it's too late to help them. We also have uh, Dr. Opokuwari uh, Ampoma, who is a Chief Executive Officer of the Kolebu Teaching Hospital. Oswald Nisya Mensa will join us right now because he is the uh, Director of uh, Corporate Affairs at the National Health Insurance Authority. We'll hear his thoughts on the subject very, very soon because as you heard, and the solution lies with the National Health Insurance uh, Scheme taking up uh, the cost of dialysis. Uh, Dr. Titus Bay will also join us. He's a former general secretary of the Ghana Medical Association. And Kuju Yangtzeng is also in the Joy 99.7 FM studio with his own panel. And Kuju, I came over uh, during the break and I realized that there, there is a lot of questions that we can anticipate uh, from your panelists to mine here in the Joy News studio. Absolutely, Evans. I mean, the, the Kojo Bafo Ahinkra uh, has end-stage kidney failure. He's been living with it for eight years. Without dialysis, he will die. He's in the same boat as Thomas Vincent Kahn, who is now no stranger to our networks. We've heard about uh, how he's been a kidney patient for 10 years, more than a decade actually, uh, 